0: Welcome to Peers Like Me, a podcast hosted by Western New York Independent Living. Today our guest is Carl Shallowhorn, the Director of Youth Programs for the Mental Health Advocates of Western New York, and the Founder and President of Shallowhorn Counseling, LLC. Our host is Mara Kelly, the voice of the individuals WNYIL
1: serves.
0: Good day. My name is Mara Kelly. Welcome to another edition of Peers Like Me. uh. uh podcasts for and by people uh, who are experiencing or have experienced mental health issues in the past. And today we are honored to have a special guest, Carol Shallahorn. Carol is Director of the Youth Programs for the Mental Health Advocates of Western New York and President and Founder of Shallahorn Counseling, LLC. He has a Master's Degree in Student Personnel Administration from sunny Buffalo State is a New York State credentialed alcoholism and substance abuse counselor and has worked in the field of addiction and mental health for 21 years. He is the vice chair of the Mental Health Association and New York State Board of Directors. Carl is the author of Working on Wellness, a practical guide to mental health and leadership through the lens of the 12 steps. He is a contributing writer for BP Magazine and is slated to be on the magazine's expert network team. Carl has received numerous awards for his mental health advocacy work, including from the Federal, the National Federation for Just Communities and the Buffalo Association of Black Social Workers. Additionally, Carl was a featured speaker uh, for TEDx Buffalo 2021, with his topic being centered on African American men and mental health and was featured in both the 2021 A&E Network documentary, Voices Magnified, Mental Health Crisis, and the TV docuseries, Reserved, Reversed. He is the host of the radio program Mental Health Versus, which is aired on 91.3 FM, WBNY. Carol lives in Buffalo and is married to his wife of 28 years, Susie. And it has two daughters, Sarah and Lily. Carl, welcome to Peers Like Me podcast. Uh, it's so great to have you as a guest.
1: Thanks, Maura. I'm I'm really glad to be here. I'm glad to connect with you as always. Whenever we get a chance, it's always good. Yes. it's always good.
0: We we won't date ourselves, but we've ah. known each other since the 1990s. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when you were working at Damon. Yeah, which, yeah, yeah. So,
1: Funny, I've got I've got, oh. I've got this shirt on. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting how the journey has been um yeah. since then and i think it's uh i think it that, back then in fact I, I was getting this calling i was gonna kind of get a calling right to right. to do advocacy work to get into things i didn't know what to do i just started right. reaching out and that's i think how we met
0: yeah it was cool because you were just checking things out and that i think that's well we're, we're going to talk about healthy relationships but i think that's one of the key things is just to check things out and not to make a major commitment to anything before you know what you're getting into. Totally. Yeah. 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 So so I I asked Carl what is important to him to talk about and to help people understand in uh, understanding people with mental health issues. And Carl immediately said... Uh, how to maintain healthy relationships. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was like, oh, that's interesting. So, <laughs> so Carl, with your experience, what is a healthy relationship?
1: So, to me, a healthy relationship is one that has some central themes. Uh, one is trust. I think you have to have a level of trust in a healthy relationship. Communication. And what I mean by communication Two-way communication, it's mm-hmm. not one-sided, and uh, a level of no judgment or non-judgmental,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? In a good relationship, you don't judge the other person. Um, and I think the last thing is—is is I would even say love. And when I say love, I'm not talking about romantic love. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe you could also actually—it's unconditional love. That's mm-hmm. what I'd say in a, in a healthy relationship where. You you love the person for who they are, mm-hmm. not who you want them to be.
0: It seems like when you say love, it's like a true, genuine commitment to that other person to like invest in, you know, like yeah. to, to like not put out, like to really value and seek understanding or see, be curious, like to make that decision to do that.
1: Yeah, I, I think, for instance, I have... A variety of relationships, which I think we're probably going to. Mm-hmm. And over the years, I've loved people for various reasons and and different types of love. Like I said, yeah. of course, with my parents, the first persons. But then I had friends who, even when I was younger, I guess I didn't realize. You know, of course, I didn't have the awareness that it was love, but there was a form of love there. Like I said, the trust, the relationship, and the the connections. Now, as I'm seriously, significantly older, yeah. <laughs> I realize what real love is. And my belief is that, of course, I belong to a 12-step program. Mm-hmm. Let me preface all yeah. this by saying I learned how to have healthy relationships through my 12-step program. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of what we talk about is the idea of, of mutual support. That's also another big part of relationships is, is supporting one another mm-hmm. through thick and thin. I've been married, as you mentioned, uh, in my book introduction for 28 years to my yeah. wife Susie and you know when you take your wedding vows they, you know, and sickness health, the sickness and health and everything for you know for better for worse but it's just you're making a commitment to this person and it is love because trust me in 28 years including a major psychotic episode mm-hmm. that I had when we were not even a year married yeah. in my life that's some pretty significant stuff that you have to commit to in a relationship, right? And that, that, at least in that level. Yeah.
0: So I'm involved in some 12 steps programs. It is about relationships. But what I'm wondering is in, in, a, in our recovery journeys, I, I call that, um, how does one know what a healthy relationship is? How do you know, is this healthy? Like I, I ask myself, is, is, this, yeah. is this something okay? You know, how do you know that, that you're in a healthy relationship?
1: That's a really good question because sometimes I think when we're in a relationship, it, we we might have a perception that may not be accurate because we know sometimes for some individuals there are um, situations that because of even past history in our lives, we might seek out relationships that may not be healthy because that's, that's all we've known. Right. So sometimes what's important to do is, and this is really, for me, where even, even say, therapy has mm-hmm. come in very helpful, to have a third party to talk to about, okay, this is, this is, say, a relationship I'm in right now. Not that the person, not the therapist, whoever mm-hmm. is going to tell you it's healthy enough. But, you, you know, in therapy, you and I both mm-hmm. know more. You kind of you figure these things out.
0: But or, how, how does someone know, like, maybe therapy would help? Maybe someone third how would how would you identify that instead of saying, Kyle, you're driving me crazy. It's your right. you know right. like when does the idea that the the light bulb go on in your head, like hmm, maybe I should get someone that's skilled in relationships.
1: Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, I'll put it this way sometimes, at least for me, it's almost like a sense of knowing inner knowing that things aren't right. Now of course as you and I both know and and I've experienced for for myself, there have been times in my life when I have, um, say, lost, I guess for lack of a term, control, Mm -hmm. or at least my mind has not been grounded, Mm -hmm. I guess I'll use that term, whether it be through psychosis or whatever. So, when you get to that state, it's really hard to uh, understand. So, when you get to that place, though, that's really more of a, a crisis situation. Right. So that's almost separate than, I think, you know, that's a whole other <laughs> yeah. thing. But in a, in a typical, say, if a person is struggling and they might have a mental health challenge, mm-hmm. one kind or another, I think it's just important to look at kind of where you're at and ask yourself, if if, if, if I were trying to help someone or if I were looking at someone, with what I'm going through, what would I try to help them with? Or what would I do for them? In other words, it's almost like you have to look at yourself objectively, Mm -hmm. which can be difficult because we're always in our own heads. But you examine and you look at yourself and say, is this the way I want to be living? Is this the kind of relationship I have? Is this the life I want? And I'll be honest, one thing that's helped me from time to time is journaling. Mm -hmm. You just writing things down. And that gives you the opportunity to just put it on a paper that you don't even share with anybody, right. and then you can go back and look at it, and you can see if there's patterns. And a lot of times we have patterns in our lives. Right. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, have you ever had unhealthy relationships?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I, I think back certainly when I was in active addiction. Yeah. All my relationships were unhealthy. Uh, my relationships, with my parents certainly were unhealthy. I was stealing, lying, mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, just the verbal. You know battles mm-hmm. um my friends even though we, though we were friends they're friends that were conditional what can you do for me mm-hmm. you know what what can you get for me can you can you give some of what you got to me right, <laughs> you know like yeah. it was all conditional um so okay so how do you know
0: one is in, that you're in a healthy relationship or not
1: well, you know, I think what it comes down to is is being able to look at yourself and ask yourself, is 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 my life the way I want to be? And perhaps, um, is there anything that is, say, skewed? I guess I would use that word. Yeah. I mean, I'll just put it away. Like, I've had unhealthy relationships before. And I know what those are like. And it just comes through experience. I mean... And when I think about my life before I got clean, mm-hmm. I got clean like 35 years ago. Mm-hmm. and But before that time, all my relationships were based on, as the old saying goes, getting and finding ways, means to get more yeah. of what I wanted, whatever it was. So if I wanted the drug, which is what a lot of my life mm-hmm. was based about, whatever it took. And so that meant that my relationships were based on getting and finding ways, means to get more. Mm-hmm. Lying, stealing, uh, you know, manipulating Coursing, whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's a, so all the relationships were focused on that one thing. Now, mind you, you know when I think about my mental health and relationships, certainly that you know relationships were impacted. I think once again about with my wife, Susie, right now. Mm-hmm. My mental health has certainly impacted our relationship over time. Mm-hmm. What I call it in a healthy, I wouldn't go so far as to say that. But what I would say though is that it's it's tested the relationship. Mm-hmm. My mental health in terms of just my behaviors and, and things that have happened. So it's important to understand that we need to learn ways to develop health relationships. And it's a process, you know, that's something you learn overnight. Right. So there's going to be
0: people in the audience with loved ones that have serious mental illness. And uh, I know sometimes I get to a point where everyone's wrong. Everyone, like... I'm the only one right, so that that's red flags all over the place. Like, hmm, what's going on? Yeah. You know, So, but I know there's people. Mental illness is a very isolating, uh, state of mind, very uh, stigmatizing. Uh, people are f- afraid, but people with serious mental illness are in our community, and we have relationships with people uh, with serious mental illness. How do we? How do we? help or work with or have healthy relationships with people that are struggling and and really challenged with the mental health issues that they have you know how do we how do we have healthy relationships in that context
1: yeah certainly that's something that can i'll just say have challenges Mm -hmm. however i believe in my my experience personally and even professionally i worked I worked in a pros program, mm-hmm. you know, several years ago. Yeah. Now, mind you, I was a professional, but there were people there living with severe mental health conditions, and and so, you know, so. But I still learned to have healthy relationships, even though it was on a professional level. Bottom line is, I think it's seeing people as people. In other words, yeah. in other words, it's the as we always say, the person first. Mm-hmm. And I think it comes down to, I think it was a Carl Rogers. I'm not trying to get too theoretical here, but he, I think he talked about this idea of unconditional positive regard, Mm -hmm. right? Where the person you're looking at the person and, and unconditionally accepting them for who they are and realizing yes they have this challenge, but they deserve to be loved, respected and have dignity. Mm -hmm. And, and I'll tell you something. I'll say this last thing about that. When I've, had encounters with people even in the midst of obviously severe illness and mm-hmm. so forth, whether it be in the city or, or whatever, you could still look at that person through the eyes, I'll just say, of love and, mm-hmm. and just compassion. I think mm-hmm. compassion. And it's challenging, though, when that person isn't responding necessarily right. the way that yeah. you're trying to help them. Yeah.
0: yeah. So I was at a meeting recently and this woman talked about the death of her son who had schizophrenia, and um, she talked about conversations she had with him. And one was he was telling her he was not addic- addicted, he didn't have addiction issues, and she thought otherwise. And it's like, what do you do? What yeah. do you, you know, if 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 there's a disagreement in behavior, interpreting behavior, how do you handle that? How do you?
1: Yeah. So. Like I said, that's a really hard thing. And I'm speaking from the experience of someone who's got, had psychosis. Right. And, yeah, how do you break through that? That's got to be one of the most challenging things because it's sort of like how do you break through that that wall or even call it that shell or that barrier mm-hmm. of getting to the person when they may have a moment of lucidity or I'll just just term clarity Mm -hmm. or, or able to understand what you're trying to say. I mean, psychosis is a bear to that. So, um, I think what it comes down to is certainly for the loved one, it goes without saying that patience is key. Mm -hmm. And, but then again, patience wears thin. That's where I think we need to bring in others. And, As you said, mental illness is very isolating, not just for the person, but for the caregiver, the family. And I think because of stigma, people are afraid to bring in other people for assistance when they might need help for whatever the purpose and whatever the reason. So if we're able to, if at all possible, get other supports to help us, maybe even not direct with person, but just for us to have someone to talk to or, or kind of unload with. That can help us to withstand the stress.
0: Yeah, so someone with a loved one with mental health issues would do that. So, And there's a commitment of love there.
1: Absolutely. So that's the Effort. foundation. Absolutely.
0: So someone struggling with anxiety, struggling with trauma issues, uh, and they know relationships are trouble, how, how does someone with the mental health issues and concerns apparent to themselves and you know just the way they are how do people like me have relationships healthy relationships when we struggle with ourselves we struggle in our mind whether of our choosing or, or just because of the way we're wired like we know we we are just how someone is a para, paralyzed like you mm-hmm. know you know like i have you know issues with anxiety or or post-traumatic stress? Like, how does someone with those issues have healthy relationships?
1: I think what you need to do is, first of all, look at ourselves honestly and and take a certain assessment, self-assessment. And I mentioned before but look at the patterns in our lives. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, certainly if you get to be a little bit older, you look back on your life and kind of, you know, it takes almost stepping outside of yourself, so to speak, but see, okay, this has been how my relationships been? This has been, as I said before, the themes, the things that are that seem to be common. And and understand, okay, so if if say, I'll give you an example, trust is a big thing in relationships, mm. like I said before. Yeah. If if you aren't able to find or develop trusting relationships with people, then yeah, developing any kind of relationships would be hard. So what it comes down to is I would almost call it taking baby steps mm-hmm. to develop trust with others. I mean, you start with one person. right? And that might mean through a support group or through, like I say, even a therapist. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, find someone who you feel... And it doesn't mean you tell your whole life story right, right. or all the, all the <laughs> whatever, you know, you got going on. But just slowly find a way to be able to have someone... And be vulnerable, mm-hmm. and and of course you and I both know more of that that the peer movement. A lot of the peer uh, understanding is that mutual
0: mm-hmm.
1: vulnerability. If you open up with me, I open up you, and it becomes reciprocal. So, in a way, I'll say this other thing too. That's the value, as we say in my twelve step program, of the therapeutic value of one addict mm-hmm. helping another. Yeah. So, in other words. I think, for people who are looking for healthy relationships, sometimes it does help to find someone who might be dealing with the same kind of thing because others can't understand it quite the same way. Now, mind you, it, the old saying goes: too in our program, two you know, two babies can't change each other's diapers," so to speak. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah well, like, I've you never have, heard that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I guess it means that that it's hard to help another person when you're just, you know, trying to figure out yourself. Right. But still, I think there's this way of relating to someone else that the trust, I think it begins with the trust.
0: Yeah. I think maybe that's where the peer-to-peer comes in. Yeah. I'm thinking, hmm, I only see a person one time and then... There, there's never right. a, a second it's like, Well wow, this this is adding up like yeah. and no one's telling me what is wrong. They're just yeah. moving on. Yeah. It's like well, I wonder what's wrong. But people don't wanna, you know, upset anyone right. and no one really addresses it. So yeah. maybe a peer saying, Hey, you know, in all my relationships there's never a second meeting. Yeah. You know, I yeah. can say that to a yeah. peer, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, well well more, you know. When you're swearing or whatever, whatever, or whatever, you know it's it's off-putting. You yeah. Know? So yeah, yeah. you really need a buddy. You really yeah, need,
1: and that's it. Yeah. That's it. I, you hit yeah. the nail on the head there. Yeah. I think because even I keep always go back to my tele because I've yeah. learned so much. Right. But then there's the idea of sponsorship or even mentoring. Even. Right. I mean that value. I can't tell you how important it's been in my life.
0: Right.
1: To have someone. I still have mentors.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean. Yeah. I'm six years old. I still have mentors that are helping me, teaching me. And so if you have someone that you can go to to open up with and get some guidance, someone with that lived experience, right? So like for instance, I'll say real quickly, like you have a lot of experience, Maura. You've worked. Mm -hmm. You've done these things. I mean, you have the ability to even mentor someone or at least help them along the way so they can help somebody else.
0: Yeah, and in saying that, I think it's important. It, is it important that the person who's struggling reach out for help instead of a family member or whatever, whatever saying, "Hey, you have these issues," you know? Yeah. Like so, if a, I think allowing a person, like allowing a person to have their journey and being there mm-hmm. when they're ready, or when you know, being approachable. Or, yeah. You know. Yeah. Like, I think being curious is is important in relationships with seri- people with serious mental illness, like asking questions, like how, you know. And I think being curious is part of the unconditional love. You know, I'm I'm just guessing. You're the expert. No, of, I'm not. I'm
1: not an expert. Yeah. But what I what I will say though is that I think a lot of it comes down to is is being willing to, as we say, trust the process, right? Right, and it is a process. I mean, I'll put it this way. It's so funny. I saw something. Was it the other night, or whatever? I can't. I was it watching TV, or whatever, with my wife, and something came on. I don't know. It was. I might remember. I met. Oh, it might have been. Something I saw online. But anyway, it talked about adults. Uh, you know, like finding friendships. Mm-hmm. You know, like oh, you're an adult. You know, how do you right. have friends? And I said to her, I said, you know, it's hard to create a friendship. Mm-hmm. These, you know, I mean, it takes time. It takes, you know, just the trust and all that stuff, and. But also, kind of getting to your point, it's also human nature to say to yourself, "Well, maybe, maybe um, I, I'm not worthy," because you know we all have we all have this voice in our head right. that says, "I'm not good enough, right. I'm not what's smart enough," and doggone on exactly. it, you know, like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's like so, like why? Yeah, what's wrong with me? Right. And if you have that pattern, it's gonna it's gonna stay with you. So one thing I've also learned is. How we view ourselves. And it's so funny because if you recall back in the day, um uh what's his name? Um from Saturday Night Live, um the Center. No, 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 the guy who did Stuart Smalley, uh, the guy looking in the mirror. Um I'm, oh, good, yeah, enough, I'm yeah. good enough I'm good enough, i smart enough to have gone to people like me. Yeah, anyway, Mr. Rogers.
0: No 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 oh, no no, no oh, okay. it was
1: Stuart Smalley, it was yeah, a character. Hi. But um uh, I'm blanking on the guy. Like yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. But anyway,
1: it's but it's affirmations, right? Yeah. All I'm saying is, like, so it if you say to yourself enough, I'm worthy. Right. It's sort of like you train yourself to believe that I'm worthy of love. I'm worthy of friendship, and even even research shows that when you give yourself positive messaging, it works. Right. It takes time,
0: and uh, what I've learned is that by setting small goals and obtaining them, you feel better about
1: yourself. Totally, right? and yeah, and when you yes. set small goals, you see yourself. Wow, I did this, then maybe I can do that. Yes, yeah. and it builds. Yeah. And you know, Rome wasn't built in a day, as the old saying goes. Right. So I'm sure many of the people are listening saying, "Oh, well, that's easy for you to say," you know, but we all had to start somewhere. I remember, as I said, when I came to my 12-step program. I walked in that room under the influence of a drug, mm-hmm. uh, scared. You know, I was, you know, I'll tell you a little story. When I, I went to that meeting because I'm with my therapist, my mm-hmm. counselor, yeah. well, it's whatever you call him, and the story I always tell is he said to me, Carl, let me give you three choices. Either you go to rehab, you go to this, I'll just say, 12-step meeting, he was right. more specific, or you end up back in the hospital because right. that was my pattern. And I sat there and I thought, I was actually working at the time. And I said, well, you know, I don't want to tell my boss I have a drug problem. And I definitely don't want to go back to the hospital. Right. So I'll go to the meeting. I went to the meeting under the influence. I walked in. And and little did I realize that it was the, the moment that would change my life forever. Mm-hmm. But the great thing was that when I walked in there, and I mentioned this just the other night to someone, that I was able to be myself.
0: Yeah,
1: You know, and sometimes... We feel like we have to be someone else in relationships. We can't be ourselves, and that's hard when you live with a mental health challenge. Because, you know, as you said, sometimes we do become difficult right. for whatever the reason. So, so, but then it's a it's a journey of self discovery
0: right. and to be genuine. I know a lot of my life, I I did things for other people. I did things for approval. And yeah, I yeah. wasn't genuine. Yep. you know, so I think. People
1: know when you're not genuine. Yeah, good. and and what I mean by that is that, you know, kind of when I when I got into that program is that um, I began to associate with positive people as well. Right. You know, you're a product of the company. you keep. That's also how right. you create positive relationships. I mean, if you keep going back to the people that are perhaps do, doing or saying whatever unhealthy, so to speak, or, or just getting in trouble or, or being right. in certain places – that's what you're gonna get. So, somehow, and that's the value of a good support group. Yeah. Right? A good support group, exactly what it says. It's supportive, yeah. it's a group of individuals. Because, uh, you know, support groups, are people wanna be there. Right. No one's yeah. really, I mean, only, well, I'll put it this way. I know 12 step programs, you can be mandated right. to to That's I'm not talking about that. Right. But I'm saying, in, a, in a, even in met, especially mental health support groups where people really are there because they wanna be there. Right. What a great environment. Right. And that's also where you can learn.
0: Right. And what I found in relationships with support groups, as you go to these support groups, there's inner support groups. Yeah. That once yeah. you get, once you're like a regular, yeah. the, the more doors open. Yeah. Yeah. Which is how life is.
1: Yeah. I mean, so, you get, say, you go to support group, and it's like I said, when I went to this 12 step program, there, I mean, it was a lot smaller, 35 years ago, but this, I fell in with a group of people, like a tight knit group, right. uh, in this big group. And and you, you, you get to meet people, you get to know people, they get to know you, and it just kind of it almost feeds off each other, and then you begin to like it. Right. And then you begin to say, oh, this is working, I think I'll keep doing it. Right. And, you know, more I, I think it comes down to just understanding that life, for me, is just one big schoolroom, school, room, school yeah. room. you know, like, and it's all about lessons. Right. And we're all here to learn lessons. Some lessons are harder than others. But but I really believe, at least in my book, and why I want to talk Mm -hmm. about this topic is, this for me is the most important thing in my life, Mm -hmm. more than anything. Yeah, Because this is the foundation for everything that I do. In in my personal life, especially my family, Mm -hmm. my work, my my fellowship, my my church, all the stuff is based on relationships. And if I have healthy relationships, it's going to make these things more fulfilling. And not just beneficial only for me but for, for those around me and it's very symbiotic when I mean is like right. it kind of feeds off each other right that's what you know
0: so just to I just want to put perspective on this was there a time in your life that you had no relationships
1: I'll put it this way there was definitely a time when I felt isolated
0: right okay yes
1: and that was I would say when I was truly in the in the midst of my um Illness. So to give a little backstory, uh it was must have been around nineteen eighty two. I was I was hospitalized at BPC. Mm-hmm. And and you know that is certainly an isolating place. Right, right. And when I got out, actually what precipitated that was I went to a major depressive disorder. Uh, no, that was the second time. Um, yeah. first time was psychosis. But anyway, but when I came out, I remember the summer of nineteen eighty three, specifically, summer nineteen eighty three, that I'd had I just went to this major depressive episode. That's where I eventually developed this, mm-hmm. they determined it was bipolar. I had a history. So anyway, for the whole summer, Maura, looking back on it, it, felt like I was in bed all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, yeah. you can't get yeah. out of bed. When, you know, my hair was all greasy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> all that stuff. And I felt alone. Mm-hmm. I felt truly alone. I mean, i lived at home with my parents, but I felt right. alone. I felt I had no one, you know, to talk to. And I was in counseling and everything, right. but I just felt alone yeah. and lonely. And I felt like where is my life? And I was. I'll be prefaces by saying this, this is triggering, and I, I yeah. but I'll say I was suicidal. Yeah. And and you know, yeah. So I have been in yeah. that situation where I had no relationships, um, or at least the relationships I had were were as you said one sided. People were trying to help me, but I did was I wasn't receptive.
0: Right. And so then fast forward, you're mentioning all these relationships. Starting around circles of support. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And I would, so yeah. yeah, from reading your bio, you're pretty successful. Like and yeah, then, yeah. And the last line is you know lives in Buffalo and is married to his wife of 28 years and Susie uh, Susie Sus- 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 has two daughters Sarah and uh, Lily like that's yeah. Yeah. that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I I will be honest, Maura, and I say this all the time. I kid you not, I'm happily married. Yeah. Happily married. Yeah. You know, and my wife is pretty special, and I mean that. I mean, for all the reasons I won't go into, right. but um, you know, for people like us, peers like us, right. yep. to get into a romantic relationship, mm-hmm. the partner, whoever it is, has to be pretty special.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, whether they be a peer or whoever, because like I said, I'll tell you something not too long ago, and I won't go on to it, but yeah. um, my wife said to me, I'm not, I don't, I don't ride this roller coaster with you. Yeah. You know, I mean, she's known me for 30 years and, and, you know, I've had my ups and downs, uh, for all kinds of things. Mm. She's learned a healthy state of detachment.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Right. And yeah. that's hard because, you know, we become in mesh in relationships, right, right? right? We want to take over. We want to control the person. And so, you know, in my relationship with Susie over time, um, it's just been a more matter of just understanding kind of how I operate, and giving me the ability to have some freedoms. But also, she calls me on my you know what. Right. I mean, right. like when I start to go offline, she calls me. Like a couple of years, a few years ago, I was going through a medication issue, mm-hmm. and I was getting hypomanic. Mm-hmm. She noticed right away. She said, hey, I think you're, you know, we're in the kitchen. Literally, she said to me, you seem to be hypomatic. I Uh, think you need to get a hold of your therapist. I think you need to call your doctor. I mean, now that's after like 20, 30 years of marriage. Right, right. So, so, but we need someone sometimes in our lives to be able to
0: recognize that. So, where can people seek more information about this, about healthy relationships? Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, yeah. one place to start is, of course, I work at Mental Health Advocates Western mm-hmm. New York, and we're an agency that provides all kinds of services. But one of the really great services we provide is called information and referral. Okay. So our number is, I'll say it slowly, okay. 716-886-1242. So people can now grab a pen, yeah. and I'll say 716-886-1242. Or our website is mhawny.org Just Google Mental health of New York. So we have a number that you can call if you're looking for support. We have support right. groups through here.
0: Yeah.
1: Amazing support groups. There's support groups in the community um, that have been around. So as I said before, I believe support groups are a great first step mm-hmm. yeah. to be in an environment where there are people like us who understand what we're going through that might be I'll just say less likely to judge. There's no place. Right. There's no no judgment zones. There's always right. be so, But, I mean, just to be somewhere where you feel a little bit safer. Yeah. To be yourself.
0: Yeah. Okay. So the start is, in your life, is support groups. And, and you can you just call them mental health advocates. Yeah.
1: And it will, go, go, yeah. I will say also therapy, yeah. therapy, therapy too. Therapy, so yeah, so yeah, if yeah. if you have, But many people, I'm sure, listening to this yeah. may have already been on it. But, but right. for loved ones, yeah, I think. And also we have programming here for loved ones, right. too. Yeah. So that's another thing, too. Loved right. ones are key. All right,
0: Mental Health Advocates, which is um, really a strong agency and uh, asset to our community. And you too, Carl, thank you very much for being a guest on Peers Like Me podcast.
1: Thanks, Murad. I really appreciate it.
0: You've been listening to Peers Like Me a podcast that explores issues related to behavioral health, sponsored by Western New York Independent Living with the assistance of Niagara Frontier Radio Reading Service. Today, our guest has been Carl Shallowhorn, the Director of Youth Programs for the Mental Health Advocates of Western New York and the President and Founder of Shallowhorn Counseling, LLC. Our host has been Mara Kelly.